0: The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy President's Day, everybody. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. There isn't a whole lot to go over on this monday edition of the podcast we had all star weekend so we'll obviously look back and and pull apart anything that we could from that we've had minimal minimal and i mean basically zero fantasy news to discuss over the weekend again other than anything that may or may not have come out of the the all star festivities and so we move into this week with what I like to call a little bit of a week preview episode of the podcast. So we're going to go through All Star Weekend. We'll talk about some of that good stuff. Mention a few names that uh, that we had had talked about a little bit on on the Friday slash weekend show. And then I think Woj tweeting about Cleveland, the Cavaliers, was basically the only NBA news that was unrelated to All Star Weekend. Although, I, you know, technically it did. It was tangentially related, but really the only thing that had nothing to do with it that came out over the last couple of days. I am Dan Vespers at Dan Vespers on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Big thank you again last week for clearing that 5,000 follower mark. How weird is that? It is very, very weird to answer that question. When I embarked upon this fantasy thing, I had I'd used Twitter fairly sparingly to that point. I mean, you could even go back through the timeline and look at anything that I had posted pre-2016, like 2016, and it was minimal. The, the Twitter deal claims that I joined in, in July of 2012, which I guess is relatively accurate. I had an account before that, but it was exclusively for uh, sports betting stuff, and then I changed it all around. I think it was... My, my Twitter handle was something lame. It's like, you know, when when AOL came out and everybody got lame AOL handles, you wanted you wanted to come up with something cool, and it ended up sounding stupid. And that was how I ended up on Twitter. So ultimately, in 2012, I just changed my Twitter handle to my name, Dan Baspris. And so that reset the whole thing. And, and for the first four years that I used it, I did almost nothing. I had a couple hundred followers, all related to minor league baseball. Five, 500, 600, something like that. And then fantasy sports has gone nuts. You guys have been incredible. It's such a weird... I know this isn't what you tuned into here today, but you're going to get deep thoughts with Dan Vesperus on this President's Day Monday. I I never intended to be anything in that respect. I just wanted to have a podcast and talk about fantasy sports. Whatever the hell happened, happened. And then people started following. And so there's this weird moment, and... This is probably a good segue to say, hey, if any of you guys want to work in fantasy sports, you can hit me up at Dan Vespers on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. That is if you want to do a podcast, if you want to get into writing, if you want to be in sales, if you want to be in marketing, whatever it might be, again, teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com or at Dan Vespers on Twitter. But there is a weird threshold. It's a mental threshold to get over, to start to accept the fact more than anything that someone values what you're writing on social media. I grew up, I, I was born in 1983. You guys know all I've talked about being 36 on this podcast before. So my college era, my undergrad, 2001 to 2005, was right when all of the social media stuff was becoming a thing. There was music sharing before that. That was more of a middle and high school thing for me. But the Facebook came out in, I think, like 2004, right? I didn't know what the hell it was. My wife actually, she was not my wife at the time, but she was the one that signed me up, made an account for me. Gave me this goofball password that I've changed in 17 years. Uh, so, you know, most of my social media experience was on The Facebook or MySpace or Napster or whatever music thing was going on there. And so when Twitter came around, I really didn't know what to make of it. I had no idea. But it's it's an invaluable source of information for basketball and for fantasy basketball in general. I try to explain this to people who say to me very accurately, mind you, they say Twitter is disgusting and they're right. They're 100% right. And I, I saw them talking about it on a, a Bill Maher episode over the weekend, how Twitter knows nothing. Yeah, Twitter is is a grotesque place where grotesque things happen in grotesque circles. But it's also, if you use it properly, you have to optimize, and hopefully you guys are, it can be a really great, fast, lightning-fast source of information. And so then how does, how does the fantasy landscape fit in with that? How does someone... How does... How does my Twitter account or, or anybody here working at Hootball, how do we fit into that mix? Trying to create a, a, a template, trying to create a, 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 a timeline of your, of your own stuff that people might actually value is a very weird hurdle to clear, where I started tweeting things about fantasy sports, and people were like, oh, I want to read this. So all of that to say, thank you for making this journey to 5,000 cool, completely unexpected And now I'm super addicted to it. I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie. Now I just want to see more. Big thank you again to everybody that's been rating and reviewing the podcast as well. I know we continue to have those roll in. Uh, Fantasy NBA Today is the name of the show. You're listening to it right now. If you haven't had a chance to rate or review the podcast on whatever service you use, I mean that goes for Stitcher or Spotify or iHeartRadio. But obviously iTunes is the big bopper. And so fat, fat, fatty, fat thank you to all of you guys that have been taking the time to write something fun or silly or helpful on iTunes or the podcast app on your mobile device. But again, this is a preview. This is a week preview episode. I want to let you guys know what's coming up over the course of this week. And I want to review some of the stuff from All-Star Weekend. Number one, my betting thoughts that I put out on Friday show were generally not great. <laughs> You guys give me a hard time when I don't admit to when things are wrong. I do admit when things are wrong. And this is gonna sound like a real jerk thing to say, but we we don't we don't miss a ton of stuff on the fantasy side largely because I don't take that many risks on the fantasy side. Alright? That's why there aren't giant L's. There are small L's. But the big ones I mean, what are the what are the huge ones? Because we don't swing for the fences on this podcast. I mean, it's a very from a fantasy drafting standpoint, it's a pretty damn conservative podcast. And then with everything else, it's all about mid-season upside chasing and free agency and pickups and drops and stuff like that. So I think that's why it creates that atmosphere. But with stuff like this, where it's cut and dry, oh yeah, totally whiffed on the skills challenge and totally whiffed on the three-point contest. Although my guy Davis Bertans did make the finals, so at least we got close on that one. But yeah, completely biffed it. Buddy Heald, I didn't even mention him, I don't think, on Friday's show as a a guy I thought was going to win the three-point contest. By the way, really cool ending to that. On the last shot, sorry, spoiler alert, Buddy Heald won the three-point contest on the very last basketball to beat Devin Booker, who I thought would actually not perform that well because he had moved this season closer to the bucket. Still hitting almost uh, around two, three-pointers a game, but for Booker, a lot of his success has come... By taking higher percentage shots. As it turns out, it doesn't matter where he shoots from. It's just going in. He might have the best shot in the NBA right now. Because Steph Curry's been hurt all year. That might be Book. As much as I, there are parts of his game that I'm not super fond of, he makes shots. The ball goes into the hoop when he releases it. He just needed somebody to be the guy that passes the ball on that team. So yeah, totally whiffed on that one. Uh, I, thought, I thought Patrick Beverly was going to win the skills challenge, and he got whipped. And the big guys, so I, I will also admit one other thing, and this is bad prep on my part. I had forgotten that they changed the skills competition to only have one pass. Used to have two. It used to be a bounce pass and a chess pass. This one was just the chess pass. And kudos to the big men who did rock the pull-up three-pointer. Bam Adebayo and Damana Sabonis. We're right. There. I mean, the young guys got knocked out. Qu- or not the young guys. The small guys got knocked out quickly. So bad prep on my part, which again, I don't like the skills competition anyway. But yeah, totally whiffed on that one. Three-point contest. I, it wasn't a complete and utter biffing, but it was pretty close. And then with the dunk contest, I got that one right. So at least we got one. I I felt like... It was one of those things and, and this we'll we'll just talk about the dunk contest for a minute here. First of all, if you didn't get to watch it, you should probably go back and watch it because it was basically what anybody had hoped for, which is the two best dunkers in the NBA. I mean, you could make an argument that that Zach Levine might be number three on that, or possibly even number one, but he didn't I mean he's too many too many surgeries for him to to risk it. I get it. Uh Derrick Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon And that's why I didn't bet on the underdogs. With the dunk contest, they're just... There's an aura about certain guys. Pat Connaughton does not have that aura. Sorry. You need to be known a little bit. It's why some of these other guys have won it in the past. It's why Blake Griffin won it with with crummy dunks. When he jumped over a Kia in the grossest ad campaign in dunk contest history, that wasn't a good dunk. The key is shorter than most of the people that they're jumping over in these dunk contests now. He won because his name was Blake Griffin. Nate Robinson won how many extra, extra times because he was Nate Robinson. So, of course, coming into this one, the hype is around Aaron Gordon and Derek Jones Jr. All they had to do was pretty damn good dunks to get into the final round, and sure enough, they did. Their dunks were pretty damn cool. There was some very neat stuff. I was... You always wonder into these things. What, the, what are you going to be able to change to, to, to show people something new? The audio on my... I DVR'd it, and I ended up watching it yesterday on Sunday. So my audio went out, so I didn't get to hear the, the commentators talking about what they thought was new. I thought it was pretty damn cool. That most of the time, these dudes were jumping over human beings, which we've seen before now. It's just, like, which, by the way, side note there, ridiculous notion that we've become desensitized to men jumping over other giant six to seven foot humans, or I don't know, however tall, how tall is Chance the Rapper? He's shorter than that, right? He doesn't look six feet to me. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, uh... Not only are these players jumping over full-size human beings now, but they're putting the basketball between their legs while jumping over full-size human beings. So now it's a human and then a basketball above that human and then the guy that's jumping. And then with Aaron Gordon, you know, he was going over some of these guys sideways and Derek Jones picked up the ball with one hand with the one-hand grab and then put it between the legs. I actually really liked, I don't know what the the commentators called it, but I thought Aaron Gordon's dunk uh, where he took the basketball off the side of the backboard and basically kept his entire body still except for rotating his torso and then holding it, cupping the basketball, catching it, cupping it with one hand, and then spinning to hammer it down. That was pretty cool. That was... It's kind of a new look on things. I was like watching uh, an Olympics gymnastics move in a dunk. I love it, man. I said it on Friday. I know I'm the anti hipster. I I love all this stuff, except the skills challenge. It's stupid. I don't know what we. Ha- well, I don't know what we can do to make that more interesting. But it's not. It's not interesting. I love the three point contest. I don't care. I think it's stupid that they call those green balls the Dew Zone. I get it. Mountain Dew sponsored it. Blah, blah, blah. The Taco Bell Skills Challenge and so on and so forth. But come on now. I thought it was kind of cool that they had the green basketball. I mean, that to me would have been sponsorship enough, but I get it. Mountain Dew wants to get whatever they can out of it. I thought that was cool, adding the longer one. Big three type of move with the, the longer shot that's worth a little bit more. Uh, it seemed like the time that they added to the clock was about the right amount for these guys who were finishing right up at the very end. They got to slow down ever so slightly because there was more movement. But I got no problem with it. Uh, I want to make sure that the NBA does a good job of separating the eras of scoring now, because obviously there's six additional points to be had. Kind of like when they added four extra money balls after adding five money balls. You know, you gotta you gotta put these things there's always going to be these comparisons because all the record's going to keep getting broken. But now, and I, I lost track, of it. I mean, each there are four racks that are worth six points apiece. There's one rack that's worth as many as 10 points, and then there's two additional three-point balls. So whatever the hell that was. 40? Is that a maximum of 40 now? Six plus 10 is 16. Four times six is 24. Yeah. I mean, so this is this is a very new thing. From 25 points max to 30 points max to... 30 what the hell i've lost track of whatever that whatever was i was talking about here (laughs) completely completely biffed it yeah 25 then 30 then they added four more than 34 and 40 okay yeah so that's that's the growth of the three-point contest over the years 25 to 30 to 34 to 40 you just have to make sure that you stack up the records against the right other eras so we can always see who the best three-point shooters were at each format So please do a better job of that, NBA. I didn't see enough of that in yesterday's. And maybe it's because my audio was screwball. Maybe they were talking about it. But I didn't see a bunch of graphics about it. And and they should do that. Because NBA, sports fans in, in general, and I think NBA maybe even more than most, loves to compare eras. You don't actually see it as much in baseball. Even though, obviously, that game has changed. You don't see it as much in football either, even though that game has changed quite a bit. Basketball, it's always... Who's better than Michael Jordan? Who's better than Wilt Chamberlain? Who's better than Bill Russell? Who's the better between Kobe and so-and-so? And And I have thoughts on that too, by the way. My segue into the next thing. By the way, Chance the Rapper's 5'10". I looked that up while while we were talking about it. So yeah, not six feet. He looked like a pygmy compared to everybody else at some of those events yesterday. Or I watched it yesterday from Saturday. So... After going on an absurd tangential discussion, we need to fix the skills challenge. That's the that's the, the very short version of all of that stuff. The actual All Star game, pretty cool stuff actually too. I thought that the the format changes were good. It created a uh, an era of competition. Now, one thing that I wonder, there was this there was the Kobe Bryant spirit. Hanging over, or grabbing a hold of Sunday's All Star game. I don't, you know, you can choose whatever verbiage you want there. Whether you want to call it kind of a a sad cloud or whatever, the emotional thread of it was very much in play. I wonder if all of the rules changes, and even going back to the the Saturday competition, you know, I had it had a lot of these guys that I'm sure were thinking about Kobe as they were competing. I wonder if that holds through to next year when this tragedy is less contemporary, less recent in our minds, because it felt like, and maybe I'm, meeting, maybe I'm reading this wrong, but you know, with the renaming of the All-Star Game MVP trophy, which, by the way, great idea by the NBA. That one was tailor-made to be the Kobe Bryant All-Star Game MVP trophy. I mean, that was that was his thing. Maniacally competitive in games that no one else was taking seriously. I don't know if you guys saw that story that T-Mac was telling on an episode of The Jump very shortly after the helicopter crash about how he and Kobe uh, played a, a pickup game in Europe. I think it was Europe, or maybe it was... It might have been either China or Europe. I don't remember the, the, the location that he mentioned. But that at the end of it, Kobe had kept score, and that was the whole thing with him. And so that makes a lot of sense. So good you, good move by the NBA there. But then you had all these guys that were, I think, probably wanted to win the first ever Kobe Bryant NBA All-Star Game MVP trophy. I think it really meant something. I think it meant something to Kawhi, because we knew he trained with Kobe often. I mentioned on Friday, I thought that guys like Jason Tatum and Devin Booker would take it more seriously. But, you know, a lot of it comes down to whether or not you're a starter and and are gonna play enough. I thought Anthony Davis, because of the Lakers connection, because of the Chicago connection, I thought he would do a little bit extra. He did hit the game-winning free throw, but Kawhi Leonard took home the trophy. Missed that one too, by the way. Missed that prediction too. I didn't honestly, I didn't know he was gonna play enough. I, I wiped Kawhi out of my guys that might win this because I figured with his Whatever condition, degenerative conditions with the knee, I thought that he wouldn't play enough, but you know, shows what the hell I know. And so that to me was kind of NBA All Star Weekend. There was obviously the Kobe stuff going on. Um, there's a a week from today actually. There's the the Staples Center memorial service happening, and after we had sort of, I don't want to say put it out of our minds, but kind of put it in the back of our minds for a little bit. That was a big part of All-Star Weekend. So I I thought the NBA did a good job. I thought Chicago did a good job. The game was fun. The most of the festivities on Saturday were fun. Call me lame. I don't care. I like this stuff. And it's a great way to break up this kind of long stretch without basketball. When they extended the All-Star break here and and gave these guys bonus time off, which is great. They need it. We need something too. Because I'm not doing anything in fantasy right now, and it's driving me nuts. Coming up the rest of the week on Fantasy NBA Today, tomorrow, mailbag time. I'll be posting on Twitter, so please do send your mailbag questions to me. And please just reply to the tweet that I send out asking for the mailbag questions because otherwise I won't be able to find them in the sea of Twitter stuff. We talked about earlier in the podcast, I try to only follow folks that are sending NBA data that I can't find other places. Hope that makes sense to you guys, why I don't do a ton of follow-backs. Things just get cluttered so fast. I need to try to find information as fast as humanly possible. So please just reply to the tweet that I sent out uh, for the mailbag stuff. Wednesday, we'll be talking to Brandon Marcus do a little All-Star break by Low-Sell-High discussion. It might have an interesting wrinkle to it. And then Thursday, games come back. So we'll have a little preview, second half. I'm sure we'll get some injury news by Thursday that will probably focus on uh, a lot of these threads that we started before the All-Star break. We will pick up and roll from there. Again, uh, didn't want to spend a whole bunch of time promoing on today's show. This is a week preview episode. Obviously, on Friday, we'll have, you know, it's not going to be your traditional weekend review. It's going to be a lot of weekend preview stuff, but we'll have plenty of things to discuss as this week rumbles along. Hope you guys enjoyed All-Star Weekend. I know I did. We will basically put a bow on this thing right now. Uh, please do check out our guys over at Hoopball Gaming. They are up and over 700 followers now. Amazing stuff. They got picks out today as well. Again, that's at Hoopball Gaming on Twitter. And I will go back into Arbonation for <laughs> a day here. We'll have the Tuesday show again tomorrow. Mailbag show. Get your stuff in on that one. I am Dan Baspris. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Have a good and easy Monday as we settle back in after All-Star Weekend. So long, everybody.